0: so loud it's like all
1: around town that's going at the front of the episode even in
0: the dark Maniacs! Hey, maniacs! It's Midsummer Maniacs. Midsummer Maniacs
1: is a recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love.
0: This is our seventieth episode. Seventieth
1: episode, a season twelve episode for the glitch.
0: I'm going to say this whole episode is kind of a glitch. I'm going to behave. (laughs) (laughs) and see we can say things like that about midsummer because you know we love this show we love every episode of this show but some of them are better than others and i wouldn't put this one in my top 50
1: but it's not a bad episode
0: no no episode of midsummer's
1: bad it's got george jeffers it's got chap it's got a bicycle built for two. There, there are positive things here. Oh,
0: there's all kinds of positive things, but in terms of plot, yeah, it's not the best. It's rough. Just
1: as a reminder, if you let your kids watch the show, they can listen to the podcast. Though this is a pretty tame
0: episode. Yeah, I mean, it's not if, like the next episode. If your kids get overly excited by rally car driving, don't let them, <laughs> don't let them watch the episode. Uh, Just a
1: reminder off the top, we got uh, Midsummer Maniacs merch still available with all the proceeds going to direct relief. This episode filmed October, November 2008, broadcast date 23rd of September 2009, 6.3 million viewers, directed by Richard Holdhouse and written by Michael
0: Russell. Are you feeling a little bit slap happy today?
1: I am a little bit. Uh, It's been, to say the least, a crazy old week.
0: I saw a post somewhere that said, um, I I finished my seven-day trial of 2021 and I would like to cancel my subscription. And that's kind of how I feel. I'm <laughs> just trying to laugh through it. It's weird craziness out there. If anybody and,
1: had ever said this was going to happen between the last episode and this episode,
0: I would have been like, what? This being the storming of the Capitol, the rioters in the Capitol. <laughs> like, whoa. I'm just glad that we have a podcast where we talk about a fun TV show that is in no way related to current events because,
1: and wow. I just want to reiterate, as somebody who puts himself out there, along with my wife, on the internet, we have yet to have even the the nearest of a difficult comment to deal with. No. You guys have all been so fantastic.
0: If you disagree with us on something, you either keep it to yourself or... Comment very nicely about it, and that's that's why we do what we do. Well,
1: as long as I don't pronounce the F-E-T-E word incorrectly.
0: Yeah, you better not. <laughs> shame,
1: shame. Okay, the glitch. And we start off this computer-based episode on bicycles.
0: Uh, let's just say right off the bat that none of the computer stuff in this is accurate.
1: Computers don't work that way. Computer companies don't work that way. Software doesn't work that way. Binary doesn't work like that work that way.
0: Putting in your password wrong doesn't work like that?
1: Uh, Chip manufacturing doesn't work that way. Silicon doesn't work that way. Evolution does not work (laughs) that way. And rally cars don't work that way. I think I got it all
0: out. Okay, you got it all out now? Okay, I think so. Because this is more about bikes than it is about
1: software. I know, it's weird that software bit is tagged on and you know, for a long time I worked at a company that made Uh, software that helped with chip manufacturing. So I intimately know what they're talking about here and how wrong it is.
0: (laughs) We're just going to, we got that out. Yes. We're done with that, right? Yes. Okay. Because there's lots of fun in this episode to talk about. So there is a group of people who ride bikes together, right? Yep. And George Jeffers.
1: There's a bunch of old people who ride bikes together
0: who occasionally have youngins with them. The Plague of Racers, they're called.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Plague of Boy Racers. Yes. And the older set is made up of George Jeffers, right? Yes. His friend, uh, Edward Canning. Yes. And the school teacher, Emily Hart, and some other people. Jap. And Jap, (laughs) who is Daniel Snape. Yes. Five points from Gryffindor. <laughs> um, Always. But it's hard not to call him Jap. If you've yep. ever seen any of the David Suchet Poirots, Philip Jackson he's Jap-y, Jap. He's Jappy McJapson. But he's not the only Jap in this episode. No, there are two Japs
1: in this episode.
0: Uh, Jonathan Cecil, who plays the dean of the university.
1: He did Jap in all the Peter, Peter Ustinoff, Ustinoff Poirots. Poirots. Yeah, so we've got two Japs. Which I knew there was... Peter Ustinov Poirot movies, but I didn't know there were TV movies, too. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen those. We might have to watch those. I guess they got to go on the list. Yes.
0: So they...
1: So this is bikes, people with bikes, Mm -hmm. and then people with fancy cars, Mm -hmm. which also happen to be the people who work at the software company.
0: It's bikes versus sports cars. Yes. And the sports cars are all software uppity-ups.
1: And they work for Soft Earth Software Company. Soft now, Earth Systems. Soft Earth Systems has an awful logo.
0: And I don't know why anybody would think it would be a good idea to set up a software company in a country estate.
1: I also don't. It has th- to be
0: the worst wired yeah. building to put a software company well, in. Well, if
1: we all sit behind each other in rows, software development doesn't work like that. <laughs> and have matrixy like machine code on our screens. Software doesn't work like that okay that's your last one okay i promise that's it but this episode also has a superhero who's that bucket man yes so bucket man makes an appearance in the cold open yes and bucket
0: man does us all a favor by pouring paint mixed with glue which, over clinton finn's head and his horrible ponytail
1: i can only imagine it's horrific
0: oh just glue just like white elmer's glue like school glue yeah, would suck. Now it's water soluble; it will dissolve, but it would be bad, especially it would be on, bad on your skin. Eh, if you put it up, didn't you ever put glue on your hand as a kid and peel it no, off? No, but paint on your skin would be not the best. Eh, latex paint and I Elmer's glue—it's not going to hurt you, okay? But it's going to do a job on the interior of your car.
1: Oh, your car is in trouble.
0: That's going to be As much
1: trouble as your fence is with a little piece of string that stops it from opening.
0: (laughs) All I know is that because it gets dumped on Clinton's head, he has to shave his hair. And that's an improvement. Yes. Because, wow, that ponytail was bad. So
1: we know two things about Bucketman. He pours buckets of paint and glue on people's cars. And the second thing we know is he rides a bike. Yes. So that's all we know about Bucketman for now
0: man.
1: No, 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 no,
0: no. man. <laughs> I forgot to mention in the bike riders and the oldies that ride the bikes are the Wayland Smiths, the couple in the matching outfit riding the tandem bike. Yes. Who do the worst job of being run off the road I've <laughs> I ever seen. Know.
1: I don't know. Tom's job of being run off the driveway is pretty bad.
0: <laughs> well, and- Later, at the end of the episode, during the big chase to get the bad guy, Gail just stops and falls over. So she's not all that great at bikes, but they go off into the trees, and they go, oh, and they kind of stop, and they fall. But we'll, we'll talk about tandem bikes a little bit later.
1: And this is all involved with the college. So the software company is giving the college which is named? St. Frideswides. We'll get into that for a second. A bunch of money to create this institute. And there's this whole kind of academic freedom subplot.
0: Because Jeffries is a fellow at St. Frideswides, which I think is, they're saying to imply that he has tenure. Yeah, he
1: is the equivalent. Meaning that
0: he has the academic freedom to research whatever he wants, even if He doesn't actually discover anything. That's okay.
1: You know what I've researched with my academic freedom? What? Red herrings. Oh, yeah. It's a big
0: one. It's a big one. I think, and we're supposed to understand that Jeffries and Finn, who just got the bucket on his ponytail, used to be partners in, in computer development, software development. And they have since kind of split apart.
1: This of anything in this episode related to software is the closest thing I've had to actual experience where I worked at a company where there were two guys who were PhDs who were way ahead of everybody else and they developed the sort of next version of the next version of the software and they were always having problems and arguing with the marketing people. Mm -hmm. So that is the most realistic thing I've seen.
0: Yeah, doesn't Tom say something in the episode about the, the point in development where the marketers have to kill the developers?
1: Yeah, I'd never heard that phrase before, and I've worked in software since 93.
0: But the I, the concept is yeah, there. Yeah, the concept's there. When, you're,
1: when you work in software.
0: Anyway, yeah. ugh, boring, boring, boring stuff. You know what's not boring? St. Fried's wide.
1: Yes. So St. Fried's wide is... Part of the Midsummer Sancti, where there's some ruins, mm-hmm. plus the college, right? Yes. So it's implied that that this old saint, whoever she is, uh, caused people to come all the way from Causton.
0: Whoa, they came from Causton? To Isn't this, that like three miles away? To this <sighs>
1: destroyed <sighs> abbey. It's
0: practically Canterbury.
1: To this abbey <laughs> on Pilgrims. And that's why the... The bike ride is called the Pilgrims' Ride,
0: right? Because they're gonna they're gonna ride to the the ruins. Now, listeners, we need your help with this. Mark and I both tried to figure out what ruins these are.
1: We couldn't find it in any the real world, and we could not
0: figure out what ruins they were. I looked at a ton near Oxford on Google Maps, yep. and I couldn't find anything around that looked remotely. They like didn't it. build them. No, was- no, no. They're real, but I just could not find out what that location is. However. Saint Frideswide is real. Well, it's one way of pronouncing her yes. name, right? There's other ways of pronouncing her name. But she was um, alive between 650 uh, I'm sorry. She was alive between 650 and 727. Yep. She died on October 19th of 727, and so October 19th is the feast of Saint Frideswide. This is in the era where there were many, many kings in Britain. Yes. And they were fighting right. amongst themselves, right? Yep. Um, so at an early age, she decided to become a nun. Yeah. And then her life got exciting. So her dad was one of these regional kings. And he was like, okay, you want to become a nun, hun? Here, I'll help you. I'll build a monastery for you. And you can be a nun there. And she's like, thanks, dad. But then this other guy, another king, um, Ethelbald, he sounds sexy. Um, (laughs) Ethelbald decided no I want to marry that girl and so he pursues Freidzweid and she runs right so there's different versions whether she runs and she gets on a boat or she runs and she hides in the woods and then slips back into town into Oxford to get away from him hides among some pigs either way it does not go well for Ethelbald because depending on which version of the story you read while he's looking for her he either spontaneously goes blind Or spontaneously falls off his horse and breaks his neck. Whoa. Either way, stop chasing the girl, dude. Bad news. Bad Ethelbald. Having any sort
1: of break 1,300 years ago was bad news.
0: She gets mentioned in the Canterbury Tales, too. Nice. She is the patron saint of the Miller in the Canterbury Tales. Oh, cool. Which... So a real saint. I still have... Committed to memory the opening lines of the Canterbury because I had a professor in college who made us memorize it. Wow. Juan It's there. It's still there. Yep. Tons of that. Anyway, so that's St. Fry's White. So now she's the patron saint of Oxford. So I think though Midsummer's not set in Oxford, clearly, it is set in a fictional county near, and so they're kind of invoking that.
1: Yes. So Jones is on the case. He's on the bucket, man. He's case.
0: supposed to be finding out. Who this bucket man is And everybody's mad Because he's not Doing anything He's not figuring it out
1: So he makes A reference here To At the cop shop To three wise monkeys
0: Yeah He says something to Gail About see no evil Hear no evil Speak no evil I don't Why does he even say that
1: It's Sort of shorthand for no one will talk to me about this.
0: Ah, so everybody's clammed up when he goes around town trying to figure out who the bucket man is.
1: So I'm like, I understand the three wise monkeys, right? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. But where did that come from? And I found a couple of sources that say it's popularization of a 17th century carving over the door of a shrine in Japan.
0: Oh, okay.
1: In Japan, they have names. The three different monkeys have
0: different names. That's cool. Yeah.
1: So when you're doing that, that's Japanese.
0: (laughs) Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) So we get to go to Clinton Finn's office, who's the head of Soft Earth Systems, because the paint has been dumped on his head. And boy, is he pissed. He's having his head shaved. He's ticked off because Jones hasn't done anything. And his office is... Endlessly interesting.
1: Well, uh, before we get to his office, we have the following notes in my notes in bold, capital letters. WTF is that shirt. Whose shirt? What is her name? She doesn't even get named till like three quarters of the Helen way. Helen
0: Markham, who yeah. is his product manager, yeah, has on a pirate shirt. I. I, I. A musketeer's shirt.
1: I have both pirate and musketeer
0: in my notes. There are more ruffles than shirt. It's horrific. It's got bell sleeves and ruffles all the way up to her ears. It's flouncy. It's just wrong. It's bad.
1: I, do, I don't know if they're trying to imply that she's, like, in the rest of the episode, they kind of imply that she's a go-getter, career-oriented, no-nonsense businesswoman.
0: Yeah, Except for her shirt choices.
1: Except that she's (laughs) Captain Bly with her shirt choice.
0: It's a, whoo, that's a shirt. If you like ruffles, good on you, but wow. I was kind of stunned. No thanks. So Mark and I sort of compare notes before we sit down to record. Yep. and because we want to make sure that we didn't miss a topic. We, we do our research independent from one another because you never know what one is going to find even if we look into the same things. So I got stuck looking at this airplane sculpture that is on Finn's desk.
1: Which I think appears in um, Poirot too.
0: It's an iconic art yeah. deco aluminum sculpture of a plane on like a swooshy shape.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have much on his desk.
0: I went to, into this black hole of trying to figure out what the original design is. Because, of course, there's tons of copies of it now. Yeah. And I still do not have a definitive answer on that. And because I was looking at that plane, I completely missed what you noticed which, right behind it.
1: Which was the giant Eye of Sauron fan. <laughs>
0: I think it's a sculpture. I don't know. What like it, a fabric thing over a frame. It sits
1: really close to him and is big and circular.
0: And looks like the eye of Sauron yes. from, from Lord of the Rings. Like, wow. It It's scary.
1: And then he also has a bowl of rocks, which actually is candy.
0: It, I think it's jelly beans. Yeah, You yes. thought it was pebbles until he started eating yes. them. And then you're like, whoa, was like, rocks. Whoa, dude. Don't eat rocks. Sauron doesn't eat rocks. <laughs>
1: software soar on
0: Then we finally get to meet Snape.
1: Yes. So we meet Snape at his auto repair place.
0: And and that's great because I love Philip Jackson. Yeah. Everything that he's played is great, but Wayland Smith is there. He of the tandem bicycle. Yes. Who can't talk without speaking Latin and then translating himself.
1: Waylon Smith is in constantly. Another, is in another episode. He's in last week's
0: episode. He's like from a parallel midsummer universe where he is a recurring character or something. Oh. I don't know. He what says he
1: is. the Latin thing and then he says the English thing in almost every one of his lines.
0: Yeah, he does it like nine times. Yep. Yeah. Like enough that I think we don't see his wife in another scene because she probably has decided not to be near him anymore because he's so annoying. <laughs> so he's the choir master. At the university yes. slash college, whatever you want to call
1: it. And he rides a tandem bike and he has the choir sing Daisy Bill, mm-hmm. which is the bicycle built for two song.
0: Now, which came first, the bike or the song? Well, what I read was...
1: That when the person who wrote the song was coming to the U.K. from the U.S.
0: other the way around.
1: Going from the U.K. to the U.S. Yes. He had to spend some sort of taxation on his bike. Yes. And his friend said at least it wasn't a bicycle built for two. Because it would have been more expensive to pay the import tax. would have been more expensive to pay the import tax. He liked that phrase, so he put it in the song. Yes. I don't know if tandem bikes existed at that point in time. Did they? No. Oh, my gosh. So, But he didn't
0: invent them. Well, kind of he did because the idea came from him. Okay. So I looked into both these things. Okay. (laughs) First of all, the history of bicycles is just full of silliness. Okay, people? like. (laughs) Let's put a gigantic wheel in the front and a little tiny wheel in the back. Penny farthing. I mean, at the turn of the century, people were telling women not to ride bikes because they might get bicycle face. (laughs) from going too fast. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So Harry, uh, I'm going to say Dacre, D-A-C-R-E, is the name of the guy who wrote the song. It's called Daisy Bell, Bicycle Made for Two, in 1892. Yep. Right? And the story that you recounted is the story that I was able to find too.
1: This, it cannot be minimized that this was a global hit. Yes. It was the closest thing to the most popular song of all time at that
0: point in time. The fact that 135 years later, we still know every word of that song yep. tells you something. There's yep. not a lot of songs that you you would know those words for. Um, and people also think that he named the girl in the song Daisy after Daisy Greville, who was the Countess of Warwick and one of Edward VII's mistresses. Okay. So that's why... He might have called her Daisy. Now, the tandem bike, as we know it anyway, one in front of the other, was not invented until 1898. So six years after the song, we got what we call the Pedersen bicycle. It was invented by a guy named Pedersen. That means uh, a line of people, right? There's one in front of the other. Yes, One in front of the other.
1: Is there a tandem bike where they're side by side? Oh, yeah. Oh, my.
0: Oh, yeah. This is why I'm saying the history of bikes is fantastically silly. If you put the person on the outside
1: who bikes faster, then you're just going to go around. No, because you each get one pedal.
0: That makes even less You're getting ahead of me now. Hold on. Because they're not actually for two. They're for three. (laughs) So hold on. Okay. (laughs) So so Pedersen makes this tandem bike, and in most of his models... They are built so that the front part of the bicycle resembles what we would call a women's bike, right? Where the, the center bar dips down towards the pedals to make it easier to get on and off if you're wearing a big skirt and you don't have to hike your leg over it, right? It's more modest. In those same versions, not only was the assumption that the woman would ride in front, but also that she would just be along for the ride. So she had no pedals, Okay. Or brakes. Okay. Okay. She got all the wind and weather, but had nothing to do with the navigation of the bike.
1: Did she decide on direction? I think she could steer. Well, she'd have
0: to. She had the front wheel. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then somebody thinks, well, gee, that's not fair. No. Right? So they start making bikes where the front and back are the same. Okay. And they both have pedals that can actually move the bike, but they're both made in the men's style of bike. Okay. Okay. Well, that won't do because ladies are wearing these big skirts and stuff, even though some women were wearing bloomers by then. Yes. So a few years later, somebody invents what is called a courting tandem bike. Okay. Now, how many people do you think are involved in courting? On bikes? No, just in general. Like, when you think of people courting, how many people are there? Two. No, there's three. Oh. So there's... Two seats side by side in the front and one in the back for uh, their chaperone.
1: Their governess. Yes. Oh, my gosh.
0: So now the chaperone also has to pedal and sit in the back. (laughs) Then we get really crazy and we get something called the courting cycle, which is only two people. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Other way around. The courting tandem was two. The courting cycle was three. Okay. But the best is what is called a sociable bike. A sociable bike. Which is two next to each other, and each of you has one pedal, and there's only two wheels. Because most of the cording bikes had three wheels. Okay. Right? Because there's three people on it. You kind of need the balance, right? Yeah. How are you even going to get three people on a bike without it falling over? Especially if there's two in front and one in back, and there's a man and a woman, and the the assumption is that he would weigh more than her.
1: Maybe the one out works like an outrigger. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it would be difficult to do, it's right? it got to be difficult. So the sociable bike puts a pedal on each side. So the pedal on the front wheel is like extended and it's big enough for kind of both of your feet. So if you can just imagine just wherever you're sitting right now, put your feet together and move them like you're pedaling a bike. It makes, you, it makes your whole body kind of undulate. It's really weird. Yeah. So I, can only, I could not find any footage.
1: Oh, I wish I could see that. Even
0: super old footage of couples trying to ride these bikes because oh. you would look like geese and I, you would be in alternating patterns. One of you would be back and one of you would be front. You'd be I, like, I, like, I would think that so this
1: is maybe a design that never got built. <laughs>
0: Oh, it got built. I found a whole group of people who do nothing but restore sociable bikes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> this, this is what this episode drives us to. Yes. Because the plot of the episode is so thin and kind of that tandem bikes are exciting in comparison. I guess. So if anybody's got a sociable bike out there, we want to see it. Oh, Definitely. There's a whole subplot about Jeffries and his ex-wife and his son and his ex-wife being jealous of Emily, the school teacher. We're not even going to really go there. No. It's it's not important. Nope. It's not entertaining. It It's kind of pointless.
1: You know what else is pointless? That... A uh, model of the college. First
0: of all, it looks
1: nothing like the rest of the college. Like oh, it, gosh, no. It would
0: stick out like a sore thumb. That building would never be approved to be built in Oxford. Second no of way. all, did you notice there's the main building? And then there's a little
1: other outbuilding. I, and I was
0: like, what is that outbuilding? It's like a mini me building next it's, to it. It's like the outhouse
1: that the developers have to go to
0: or something. The technology outhouse?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: So they have this meeting at at Jeffrey's house about the Pilgrims' ride. Emily sticks around. Then it's dark. She doesn't have any lights on her bike, so he she borrows Jeffrey's new bike.
1: Yes, and he has a brand new bike that he's super excited with. The porter at the university
0: has it. For Why does he have it delivered to the school instead reason? of his house? I don't. I don't know. know. He says it's a space frame bicycle. Yes, space frames are built by a company called Moulton. Okay. which is in the UK. It, it reminded me of a 70s collapsible bike. They sort of look like they could be collapsible bikes, but they're they're not. they their frame is more lattice like. Oh, okay. It has more bars, but they're smaller and they're lighter. Okay. So that's why he can he keeps lifting it up. Okay. To show how light it Co- is. How light it right? is. Right. Yes. These bikes are between $1,500 and $3,000 a piece. Wow. It's got three gears. The ones I saw only have three it sh- gears. It should drive you around for that much money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a bike. Yes. Um, but that, I was like, why Why is it when the, the other members of the committee bike past him and say, hey, we've got a meeting, does he pick up his bike and shake it at them? Yeah. And say, like, respect the bike. I'm like, why does he say that? And then I real, I realized it's an extraordinarily light bike so that he's showing off yep. that his bike is light. I guess. I don't know why that matters. Okay. My bike is light, so don't tease me. Okay. But that conversation where Jeffries stops to talk to Finn is where we get, really get the base of the glitch. Yes. The thing that Jeffries is so worried about in this software.
1: So, in essence, what he's worried about is that because computers are a binary system, they may get an input that is neither one nor zero and that will confuse the system.
0: I don't think it's that they get an input that's neither one or zero, it's that they get two messages so close together that they are confusing to the system yes, and so that's it can right. take no that's action. Right. Yeah. It vacillates between or fibrillates between zero and one. There's actually a name for that, by the way. Non existent thing? No,
1: it's called a race condition.
0: Oh. So So you just program it's for when it. You, when you get
1: something happening to your object before it's supposed to. A software developer is showing. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: But the bottom line is, is that Jeffries thinks that this is a really serious concern and could make airplanes crash. And, and so he, he wants them to stop the release, incre- but Finn doesn't want to incredibly stop. Incredibly ethical. Yes. It's important to him. He doesn't want to be responsible for people dying. Nope. But Finn, of course, being the developer, has invested a bunch of money and time in it and wants to go ahead and thinks it's highly unlikely that anything bad could have, could ever happen. Yes. Right. And so that's the the crux of their argument.
1: He basically, George Jeffers says it's either a million dollars, millions of dollars now or dead people.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. I keep calling him Jeffries. It's Jeffers. 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 And then we finally get our first murder. Yes.
1: Emily gets run over. Poor Emily who does nothing but try to be nice to people the entire episode.
0: Not only does she get run over, but then the person backs up and runs over her again to be sure. Yeah. Because they think they're killing Jeffers.
1: Okay, now we haven't even mentioned the two people pivotal to the
0: murder plot, like the murder. The canning. Yeah, the canning. So Jonathan Canning, who is some lead faculty at the university. Yep. um, And Edward Canning, who is Jeffers' best friend, kind of, his buddy. Yeah.
1: He's in the bike club. He used to be the porter at the university when Jeffers was an undergrad. Yeah which is a kind of weird relationship to continue but he's a murderer. The so. whole
0: the whole concept of porters is weird yeah, to people is. in the US especially because we just do not have people like that. No. Well, the idea of a college like they are in Oxford is bizarre to me. Still, even though you've explained it so many times to me, it still blows my mind that it's not it's like it's like one university. And we had them in Canada. Jonathan Canning, the son, wants the donation. From Soft Earth to build the new building. So that he can become master. And the current master or dean, Melville Dodgson, the second Jap, is about to retire. Yep. And so Jonathan thinks that the job will be his. Yeah. And there's no indication that it won't be his. Even if... The donation doesn't come through. Nobody ever says, well, if we don't get that donation, Jonathan, you're not going to get that job. Problem number one. But that must be what his dad (laughs) hears because then his dad starts killing people. So instead of having
1: another scene with Jeffers' ex-wife, they could have had a scene with the
0: master and Jeffers. Yeah. Saying, you know, if this donation doesn't come through, I don't think I'm going to give Jonathan the, the job. Never mind, that's not how you get the job. Of being the master or dean of a college.
1: So poor Emily gets run over because she the person thinks she's Jeffers.
0: Yes. Okay. Because they look so much alike.
1: Never mind the fact that Jeffers house has gotten burgled the night before by the world's worst burglar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tap on all the windows and then just break one.
1: And I'm going to make a single guess on this password and be really upset when I don't get it right the first time. I don't even get my password right the first time I and I ups- know it.
0: I would get upset if a little blue mouse showed up and screamed at me <laughs> ah, with his eyes all bugging out. He's like, burglar's like, damn it, I guess I got to go.
1: So that little mouse, as far as I remember, is a little java animation
0: it seemed familiar to me but i don't think that was ever like standard in any piece of software i think we're supposed to think jeffers programmed it himself
1: when tom gets out of the car at the scene of the crime he's very poetic (laughs) the weather the cuckoo likes
0: tom hardy yes thomas hardy
1: thomas hardy the poem's name is the weathers Mm -hmm. tom Kind of butchers it.
0: Sort of. He recites part of one stanza and part of another together as if they're the same stanza. Yes.
1: So The Weathers is a two stanza poem. One stanza is about the spring and the other stanza is about the fall.
0: Published in 1922 in Good Housekeeping.
1: Yes. This is the weather the cuckoo likes. And then Tom says, and they sit outside at Traveler's Rest. And there's a cut between those. So the whole thing may have actually been in the script.
0: Yeah, and they may have edited it. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know why he says it. And
1: the maids come uh, forth spring muslin dressed and the citizens dream, dream of south and west and so do I. I think he's just saying, boy, it's a nice day.
0: When is it? When in the year is this episode set? Like but, what season? Like there's no snow. There is. Where's the snow? There's loads of snow. Where's the snow? It's in the fields. It's on the roofs. It's real snow. That's right. When was it filmed? (laughs) I don't know. You said it.
1: (laughs) I just read this stuff off the top of the show. (laughs) It's filmed in October and November. So I don't know why he's talking about spring.
0: So then it, but then it could be set in October, which is when St. Frideswides Day is. Oh, it could be. So maybe. Yeah, there's snow, which is why I don't understand why all these people in convertibles are driving around with their tops down.
1: Well, they better not be drunk driving, which is a thing British people say that is always weirded
0: me out. Drink driving. Yes, we drink. say drunk driving; they is say drink, drink driving. driving. So. And poor Gail.
1: Oh, okay, let's talk about this. I
0: think they redeemed themselves. I'm just gonna say this. In the last episode, they use every stereotype of a woman in the office. Oh, she's moody, she cries, and she's worried about her clothes. This time, Gail gets to be a sensitive person who is emotionally touched by the fact that the school teacher's kids are putting flowers at her gate. Which wouldn't make anyone cry. Because Emily's a anyone- school teacher. Yes. Yep. And Tom says it's okay. And it's clear that she has done her job, regardless of the fact that she's emotionally touched by this.
1: He also serves some sort of mentorship here. and yes. He's like, this is how you calm down. Yep. This is how you get through it.
0: That's why I think they handled the role of Gail better in this episode than they did in the last one. Are those children psychic? How the hell do they know she's dead so fast? It's a little village. Everybody knows. Oh, it's so, well, the,
1: did the the flower guy show up out of nowhere and be like, oh. Wouldn't you if
0: you were the flower guy? I don't know. You'd be outside the school with bouquets ready to go. It's got to be a hit and run with a dark green car. (laughs) Little do we know at that point, it's a rally car.
1: Okay, the only thing we do need to talk about with Jeffers' ex-wife is her horrible fringe.
0: You hate her bangs? Oh, they're horrible. They're straight across. What's wrong with that? She's got a bob. Yeah, it's it's. She's got kind of franny fisher hair, but not very, not good franny fisher hair. Not good
1: franny fisher hair. So I want to talk about Tom's room.
0: Tom Jeffers. Tom Jeffers. Not Tom Barnaby. (laughs) Because there is a point where Tom yells at Tom. (laughs) Yes. So Tom Jeffers... Has he's like, what, 15? Something, like something like that. that. Yeah.
1: Something like that. He has a
0: little shrine in his room. He's got Bucket Man fan art. He has Bucket Man fan art. Because he's Bucket Man. Yes. No, his father's Bucket They man. are both Bucket Man. And then he
1: figures out that he's Bucket Man, and then he does Bucket Man. But he doesn't know that there's glue in the paint.
0: Oh. So they, okay. Now
1: I get that. I didn't get that. So there are a number of press clippings here. <laughs> including bucket man hero or villain no question mark <laughs> Ple- well police ursula writes not the sure. whole paper
0: herself no. so she doesn't have time for punctuation police
1: not sure what he wants
0: <laughs> and then
1: underneath that is a headline that says parky heads up cricket feast what the hell is a cricket feast i don't know Bucket Man's fourth victim. There's more Bucket Man fine art. And then police confirm same paint used in Bucket Man cases. Okay, so he knows it's the same paint. Underneath that article, it says Olympic flag now flying for London 2012.
0: (laughs) Bucket Man.
1: And Bucket Man
0: strikes again. Bucket Man needs a cape. He does. It have to
1: be black. That artwork is fantastic.
0: I love his Bucket Man fan art. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Maybe we should do a special edition of like postcards or something that is creepy kid art from Midsummer. And we could do like the weird witch drawings <laughs> and the
1: de- green demon the in green hell. Green demon and in hell,
0: yeah. And then Bucket Man. <laughs> <laughs> so then Waylon Smith, Mr. Tandem, gets to play the role of Cully or Joyce. Where he sort of eavesdrops in on the conversation about the case, turns around and tells them everything they ever needed to know. <laughs> exactly. It's awesome. Yes. But he doesn't do it all in Latin. <laughs> so that's good.
1: Did you notice the Aspen? Okay. First of all, how dare you interrupt my lunch where we're talking about a case really loudly. In public. In public. Did you notice what the sign said outside the Aspen Arms? No. No a kaleidoscopic range of British cask conditioned ales and grapefruit in a relaxed atmosphere kaleidoscopic range of wow. British cask conditioned
0: ales okay yep does that mean they have ales of every color I I, I guess I, I guess is that a real ale thing
1: I I really have no idea. All I know is the people keep interrupting them as they talk about murder.
0: (laughs) And try to pour brown sauce. Yes. On a salad? Uh, It's next to a salad. Why is he putting brown sauce next to a salad?
1: Brown sauce is problematic in so many ways.
0: Nah, there's nothing wrong with brown sauce, but it doesn't go with salad or with a tuna fish sandwich, which is, I think, what he's having. Jones.
1: Clinton and I spent the night together. Oh, did you notice the other thing about
0: that she gives him an alibi before he asks for one? No, 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 no,
1: <laughs> no, no, no. About Tom and Jeffer's ex-wife house. No. when he comes down the stairs, there is a giant f-ing owl in a box.
0: No, I didn't see the owl. <laughs> the box
1: is huge. It's like it's like about two and a half feet across. okay? Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to have like on the a stairs. stuffed owl. It's about two and a half feet across, and there's, there's a pane of glass at the front. Yeah. And then it's about a foot and a half deep, and inside that is a stump with a stuffed owl on top of
0: and it. And it's on the landing? Yes. No, I didn't notice that.
1: It was <laughs> like, that would make it hard to get up and down the
0: stairs. I must have been oblivious. I didn't notice the Eye of Sauron. <laughs> I didn't notice the giant owl. I'm like, giant owl box. <laughs> <laughs> but then George gets all techy. And installs webcams. Yes. These are webcams. They're
1: cams that go on the web.
0: The internet. So I can take my laptop to the pub and show all my friends somebody breaking into my house. And none of them offer to go with me. Wouldn't you say, wait, George, I'll come with you. Don't go alone to confront a burglar.
1: Yeah. Like.
0: Or George takes off on his bike and you call the police. Exactly. Like. No, they all just like go back to their drinks. They're just wonder what happened to him.
1: It was your round. You should have paid for it. Poor Jeffrey. Poor George feels responsible for Emily's death. Finally,
0: which is just a legitimately good person. That
1: that is the good point of this episode, where he comes from. Like at first, he's like, "It's a hit and run. It's a hit and run." And then he finally admits that maybe they're after him. Yeah, and
0: maybe Emily died because somebody confused her for him.
1: And he doesn't, he has a very natural reaction there. I thought that was really good.
0: And I don't think that's because he's like madly in love with her. I think it's because he seems like, he just seems like a good person. Yes. But now Snape has to die. Yes. Before I forget, just as a side note, Snape played by Philip Jackson is in this awesome, awesome show called Raised by Wolves. Yes. If you've never watched it, watch it. It is so funny. Like stomach sores
1: and, funny. And Jap is inappropriate in ways that you could never imagine Philip Jackson being.
0: That always kills me when there's a, an actor who you just know as one role. Like he is Jap. And then you see him doing un Jap like things.
1: Very un uh, Jap
0: like <laughs> things. Jap would never say that. Shut your mouth.
1: <laughs> Raised by Wolves is
0: excellent. It's so funny.
1: It's so good. Um, before we get to that, we have to deal with Joyce's bicycle. So Joyce wants to do this ride. And there's all this talk about Joyce maybe not being able to do
0: it. I don't know why she's treated like a child in this episode. Like, good Joyce, you made it, you finished, good job. So they get Joyce's
1: bike out of the... Garage,
0: which is more full of junk than ours. That made that my That made notes. me feel good. That made my notes.
1: <laughs> the, the Barnabys can't even close the door of their garage. We can because- close
0: our garage door, though. We have a two-car garage that is almost as full as their one-car yes. garage.
1: <laughs> so Joyce has this bike, and she mentions that Cully used to ride with her on the little seat mm-hmm. at the back, which looks like the most uncomfortable piece of metal and wood. It looks
0: like a death trap bike seat, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Barnaby tries to fix the bike. He breaks the chain, falls. It's the, the second Pratt fall on a bike of we, this episode. We get the tandem couple, then him. Whoa, Bush. bush. See Barnaby's
1: hairy tummy. Yes. And then he takes it to Jap to get fixed. I don't understand why Jap's fixing bicycles, but he is.
0: He likes to ride bikes. I
1: guess. So he brings the bike back to Barnaby's house. Now, the Barnabys live in Coston. So.
0: He says he had to be in costume anyway, so he thought he would just bring it by. But how did he know where
1: Barnaby lived?
0: I would assume when you leave something to be repaired that you fill out a little slip with your contact information. Maybe.
1: And Barnaby gives him 20 quid. It's weird. It's a weird scene. I didn't think it was weird. And then there's all this discussion of grandchildren with Joyce and the little seat.
0: She has hopes because Kelly got married. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. Kelly's going to show up in this episode too for no reason at all. Just to ride a bike for a few minutes.
1: And not introduced. Like, Cully's just suddenly there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They've agreed to do the ride together. But then we hear Snape leave a voice message for Jeffers, where it's like, I know something about the paint and the car that killed Emily. Um, And I don't want to go to the police until I talk to you, which is just code for, I'm about to be killed, because I know something. (laughs) And I said it out loud. Oh, it's you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's you. Wrench. Bang. Bang. Is that before or after Jeffers gets hit?
1: After. Okay. So Jeffers had gone home with the webcams and then he gets hit, which is before this. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. So Jeff. So Snape gets hit on the head with a big wrench, yep. a big monkey wrench, and then placed underneath the car lift and the car lift is lowered to crush him. Yes. By Ned uh, Canning, who claims to be his friend.
1: Yeah. Ned has no problem killing his friends.
0: In horrible ways. Yep. I will yep. run over her twice. I will crush him with a car lift. All to get my son a job. It it's, just comes it's out thin. of nowhere. It's, it's thin. so
1: thin. But written on his hand is, it's a green rally car. No, that, it, that, oh, it
0: says oh, Escort 63.
1: Why not put the name of the murderer on <laughs> your hand? <laughs>
0: Well, next time I know who committed a murder, I'll be sure to write their entire name on the palm of my hand before they come and get me. What What I love about this cryptic clue is that it's a very bad clue.
1: It's a bad clue and there's a bad bit of writing before that. Barnaby says to to Jones, "Go back to the garage and look around, find a piece of writing yeah, or something like that." Because he left a so,
0: voicemail saying that he he thought he knew who had hit Emily.
1: Obviously we're going to find something written down at that
0: point. Yes. It's
1: it's clumsy. But Georgie writing. finds it in his yeah.
0: palm. Yeah, it's
1: clumsy writing
0: to me. It says Escort 63, but there were no Ford Escorts in 1963. So what could it mean? Uh,
1: that Photoshop was developed in 1963 and was really bad?
0: <laughs> the photo of the Cannings and Snape having finished the rally it's race. It's just horrific. It's it's like you gave some safety scissors to a kid and a couple of photos and a glue stick.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm surprised Jap isn't dressed like Jap from Poirot. (laughs) In that photo? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it turns out... And you know this already, listeners, because you've watched it, that the Escort 63 is a reference to the rally car that Jonathan Canning drove with his dad as Navigator and Snape as their mechanic in the Midsummer Rally Rays. Hey. Now, the car is not car 63. It's 16. Yep. It is a Ford Escort, at least. Yeah. And it is green. Yeah. The only place we can see any reference to 63 is the license plate, which is on Jonathan Canning's wall. And it's 633 something yeah. or other. It's yeah. why he doesn't write Escort 16, I don't, know. I don't know. But then Tom gets to drive that car. Okay. And it's a Bergerac scene. Before, before we deal with the maniac Tom I'm driving, you keep doing this to me.
1: What? Before that, what? Well, we haven't even talked about George Jeffers' lecture from Bizarre World.
0: Oh, uh, that was an hour ago. I when he, We talked about binary and evolution. Yeah. And then goes, oh, by the way, I got hit on the head. It's so weird. Because I know something.
1: It's bizarre. I don't even know why it's there. They could have had a scene that implied motive instead of that whole scene.
0: I guess. But it was another chance for Ursula to be nosy. And the sun <clears throat> sets off the
1: fire alarms. and Canning. Canning sets yeah. off the fire alarms. I don't understand why he does that. He
0: wants, he wants Jeffers to stop talking because- Ursula, the reporter, is there, and he's about to go into detail about the glitch but and how nobody good. wants him to talk about it. And then Canning proves that by setting off the fire alarms so they have to evacuate and he can't finish what he was saying. Uh, but
1: it's just so clumsy.
0: And everybody knows that Jeffers is concerned about this glitch. Everybody in town knows about it. It's yeah. not a secret. He tells everybody who will listen. Anybody about it. who will listen. Yeah. So I don't know why Canning Well, does they're that. just the academic press.
1: There's no such
0: thing as academic. No, not really. I mean, you could look at the, the Chronicle of Higher Ed or something. I guess. I guess. Maybe. Now, can I talk about Tom driving the car? So Tom
1: finds the car on the day of the rally. Of the Pilgrim's Ride. Of the Pilgrim's Ride,
0: sorry. And Jones and- Gail, Gail, Jones and Gail Are trying to stay close to George while he rides in the Pilgrim's Ride okay. to keep him safe. So they're going
1: to follow him. Yeah. Okay. And then Joyce and Cully are in the ride as Mm -hmm. well. But Barnaby is off figuring things out. Mm -hmm. And he finds the rally car in the garage. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, oh, this is evidence.
0: (laughs) He gets in it and drives away. Like a maniac. Why? Why doesn't he take his own car? I don't understand. Why doesn't he take his car and put the flashing light on the dash? I I don't. Because it's (laughs) smaller?
1: No. And why is he driving through the village like a maniac? Like, before he even gets to the route of the race? It's not a race. Sorry, the ride. He drives like a maniac.
0: Maybe they're hard to handle. Maybe it's, like, souped up under the hood and it's difficult to drive. He
1: almost hits
0: 11
1: bike riders.
0: I counted. The fact that he... Turns around and drives back <laughs> past them like like he's going to take another try at them.
1: <laughs> so what Canning has done is he's going to set up the Bucket Man.
0: Yes. He's implicating the Bucket Man in the way he's going to kill George. So he's going to trip George up. With barbed wire. Pour paint on him. And then whack him with something. Whack him with a thing. Big mallet or club or something. something. It's hard to tell what it is.
1: And he's going to do this on the ride because Jeffers is going to take a shortcut that they alluded to in the first five minutes of the episode. Yeah. Which is the least ethical thing that you would think George Jeffers would do.
0: I don't know why he would do it. I I understand why he does it in the first scene because he wants to beat the kids to the ruins and like kind of pull a joke on them. But to do it during the ride that he has been key in organizing to raise money, why would he cheat? Why, would, why wouldn't why would he want to just be with the rest of the riders the whole way? Yeah. And what's
1: the chance of him being alone enough to cheat like that? And, like, it's just, it's it's a bad plan.
0: It's a bad plan. But because he gets attacked on the shortcut, um, we get to watch Gail fall over on her bike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Barnaby almost run them over.
0: <laughs> Because then he drives the car down the shortcut. <laughs> I just want that the rally car to get, like, stuck on that path, and then they have to, like, tow it out. And... Did you notice how Jones does a little jump with his bike to yeah. get oh, to? Oh, he's fancy. It's certainly fancy. At least Canning isn't trying to behead George with the barbed wire. <laughs> Because we've seen that in midsummer, Just pull a wire across the road and it'll take down anybody who comes along.
1: (laughs) You should put my wife and daughter on the front page. Tom's cute. He is. So they interrogate the murderer, Canning. Ned. And he explains that he does it because he wants to make sure his son becomes the
0: master. He was a lowly porter at the university and his son could be in charge of it. Isn't that wonderful? It
1: is. But it's never so in jeopardy. He's going to
0: kill a few people to make sure it happens. Because it's not happening now. No. He did the one thing to ensure that he won't get it. Yeah. <laughs> kill people
1: to ensure that he did. Well, I don't know if he killed people because if you notice in the reenactment, uh, Emily's eyes are wide open and <laughs> blinking. <laughs>
0: What I don't get is, okay, so I understand why he he drives the rally car to run over Emily because he wants to drive something that uh, people won't recognize.
1: Oh, by the way, that is the loudest car in midsummer That's what town. I was going <laughs> to
0: say. But it is so loud. It's like. Okay. All around town. That's going at the front of the episode. Even (laughs) in the dark, that car is recognizable. Oh, my God, yes. It's a little rally car covered with stickers, including one that says 16. (laughs) And it goes, (laughs) when you drive it, you don't even have to see it to know, oh, it's that car that sounds like a big fart. (laughs) Who has the car that sounds like a big fart? Oh, that car's been ruined. Oh, it was demolished right after the race. Why? Or, or put in the garage with a tarp on it and kept at and and running order all this time. A car is a hard
1: thing to hide.
0: Like, how did he even get like gas in it without somebody noticing? Okay. He must have been filling it. Like, <laughs> you know, is this the first time he got it out of the garage to drive it since he put it in the garage? Let's hope it didn't run out of gas. <laughs> It's stuck in the woods with Barnaby behind the wheel. He doesn't even have Troy to blame for it. He goes, know? I had no choice. You had hundreds of choices. <laughs> you had every choice. You could have just stayed out of your son's business and trusted him to get the job that he deserves if he deserves it.
1: Ned. <laughs> and we find out that George was the bucket man. His son was trying to copy him. Buh, 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 and he's so man. ethical, he comes in and they confess to it. He'll take a shortcut, but
0: <laughs> yeah, but he'll confess to being the bucket man. And Barnaby does the right thing and basically says, Well, all the people who he dumped paid on were assholes anyway. So, you know, yep. Even Finn is kind of like, "Oh, you're not going to press charges? Well, maybe that means that he won't press charges against me for hitting him on the head, and knocking him out, and breaking, into breaking into his <laughs> house, breaking
1: into his Oh, by the way, that whole thing that I was upset about the glitch. Let's I'll, work it let's out. Let's just work it out.
0: If it makes other people murder. As each other. we walk out the door, like <laughs> there's no reason for anything in this episode. <laughs> Oh. ah but we got to see Barnaby drive that car he sure
1: enjoyed driving oh, that car yeah.
0: it's fun all right so uh the best corpse is tough oh. nice
1: corpse okay best corpse has to be Jap even though Jap doesn't do a great job as a best corpse because Emily has her eyes open and blinks we don't really see Snape though we see we see him very he's on the floor. Near a puddle. That's <laughs> that's it. We see his face. It's,
0: it's, that's it. It's not a long shot. Nope. All right. So he's the winner of, of two not so great corpses anyway. Yes. All right. After the credits. <laughs> well, Jeffers and his son Tom are gonna get along better.
1: I think their relationship will get better. Yes.
0: Uh Clinton's not going to go to jail for breaking into his house and hitting him on the head.
1: I think they'll probably fix the glitch. I think they will.
0: Ned's going to go to jail. Jonathan won't get the job. I guess
1: not. The choir master will have to think of other songs to sing that are related to other things.
0: <laughs> it is a the right choice for the event, though. It is. It's kind of... Self-centered. Because when, when, when he and his wife are the only tandem bike riders. But
1: When they're done singing it, he is really congratulatory to them. Did yeah. you notice that?
0: I don't know what choir they used, but it's obvious that they're an existing choir. They're very good. They do a really good job. It's they a are. nice arrangement of yep. that song. It is.
1: The thing I learned from this episode, the whole thing I learned from this episode, is that the Barnabys have a worse garage than we do. <laughs>
0: Oh, here's a fun fact about one of the actors that I hadn't mentioned. I forgot to mention it. Um, so, Nigel um, Whitney, who plays Clinton Finn. Yeah. He is Canadian. Yes. I'm sure you noticed that he was not American. No. He's, he's born Canadian. in Alberta. Yep. He is married and has been for a long time to Abigail Thaw. I know I've seen him in something else that I know him really well from. So, Abigail Thaw is John Thaw's daughter- who is Miss Frazel in, in Endeavor, Endeavor, also set in Oxford. Yeah. They've been married for a long time and have oh, kids together. That's cool. It's surprising that we haven't seen him on Endeavor then. Maybe that's why. Maybe. You know, you don't work with your spouse. Who would do anything with their spouse? God, that's never going to work. It's crazy, man. Just no way. <sighs> you have to spend time with them and everything. Are you ready for bad movies? This movie is terrible. Ha, I bet Mark's seen it.
1: Oh, am I ready? You got you got a whole bunch for me this
0: oh, week. Oh, my gosh. Do I have bad movies for you? Okay. There was a veritable smorgasbord. Man, these are bad, too. Okay. They're really bad. Yeah. So you've probably seen them. I've probably seen them. The first one is a 1996 movie, and Nigel Whitney who plays Clinton Finn, okay. is in it. Okay. If I can get through this synopsis, I'm going to be proud of myself. This movie involves a woman hiding out with four pastel-colored poodles in a desert gas station. A pink meteorite crashes near the station transforming the woman into an alien with a gigantic voracious tongue, and her poodles are transformed into four drag queens. Her boyfriend escapes from prison and also encounters the meteorite, as does a mute nun who is then converted into a sexy drum majorette. Pursued by prison officials who are after him, the whole group eventually come into conflict. (laughs) Is this crazy mixed-up zombies? No. Okay. I've seen this movie. Don't
1: remember what it's called.
0: How could you forget what it's called? (sighs) It's about a woman with four pastel poodles who turn into drag queens. It's called Killer Tongue. Killer Tongue. <laughs> no, I don't. maybe I haven't seen this movie. I think you'd know. I was waiting for you to stop me at any moment. Go Killer Tongue. Because at any moment, any of those elements of the movie have got to be <laughs> unique to this movie. <laughs> the pink meteorite, the poodles that turn into drag queens, the mute nun that turns into a majorette. I mean, all those things.
1: No, I haven't seen that movie. One for you.
0: Killer Tongue, 1996. One point
1: for me. I don't know why I didn't see that movie.
0: All right. The next one is from uh, 1997. And Simon Chandler, who played Jonathan Canning in this episode, is in it. Okay. An encounter with extraterrestrials. A Night in a Haunted Castle, and A Moment of Truth in a Maternity Ward are just a few of the escapades along the way to a band's first live concert at a big hall. Oh, shit. I've seen this movie. What is this called? <laughs> oh, I've seen this movie. I don't think you have. It's 1997. Extraterrestrials, Haunted Castle, and A Moment of Truth in a Maternity Ward. Oh, what is this movie? I don't know. Spice World. Spice World. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's the Spice Girls movie.
1: Yes. Ha!
0: Uh, it's got like 3.2 tomatoes on Rotten Tomatoes out of 10. Wow. It's bad. It's really bad.
1: No, I never saw that movie.
0: All right, I got two more. Okay. Both of these movies have Jonathan Cecil in them, who played Melville Dodgson, who is the master the of the master. college. Okay. And played Jap to Peter Ustinov's Poirot, okay? So the first one is a 1972 movie. Okay. A coward goes to war in 1914 after he's hypnotized to save England. With the German master plan tattooed on his backside, he goes to the British headquarters with the Germans in hot pursuit. And this is not Bojess. No. And not the last remake of Bojess. Jess? Nope. 72... He has the German's plan tattooed on his butt. I don't know. It's called Up the Front.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that Carry On Up the Front? Nope.
0: (laughs) It's just called Up the Front. Wow. That's three for me. Three for you. Oh, this last one is the one that you are most likely to get next to Killer Tongue. I thought you were going to get Killer Tongue right away. Okay. Okay. Last one but certainly not least, 1971. Okay. In 1830, 40 years to the day since the last manifestation of their dreaded vampirism, the Karnstein heirs use the blood of an innocent to bring forth the evil that is the beautiful Merkela, or as she was known in 1710, Carmilla. A nearby boarding school is a convenient buffet.
1: Yes, because there's
0: lusty vampires in it. And this is the lust of the vampire. Lust for the vampire. Oh, okay. I will give that to you. Very okay. good. Hammer horror film. And the only chance I thought I had with this one is that there are so many bad half naked vampire lady movies it's in the 70s.
1: Karnstein is straight out uh, hammer horror films.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But even then, yeah. if you only narrow down to just the hammer horrors that are about female vampires, you still have so you many still to have, choose from. No,
1: but that's, that's the lust of the
0: vampire. Good for you. Yeah. But I still got three. Yep. Killer tongue, man. Spice yep. World and Up the Front. Oh, that's all for this week, guys. Oh, uh,
1: that video, the audio of you making the car noise is <laughs>
0: I hope we made you smile at least a little bit. It's not the best episode of Midsummer to make fun with. It's a but crazy
1: week. Hopefully you spent some time with us and we appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we do appreciate it. And we hope you're doing well and stay sane and stay smiling. You
1: can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and email.
0: Unlike some people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're on Facebook too. Neener, neener, neener. Yep.
1: Uh, we're also in the Facebook groups for Midsummer Acorn and the subreddit. Uh, which has been fantastically active with all sorts of interesting questions. I'm very pleased about it. There was a
0: great drinking game posted by somebody on the subreddit the other day. Yes, and YouTube, like, subscribe, and hit that bell to get
1: notified of our new videos.
0: And next week for episode 71.
1: Uh, Season 12, episode 5, Small Mercies. Model Villages and Academy Award winners. Yay! And Tridents. And we need it after strange this. strange gothy daughters. Boat races. And, oh,
0: and Lilliputians.
1: strangest boat race of all time. It's a funny boat
0: race. Funny and, raft race.
1: And a sad story about a puppy. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. But so. that's next week. Yes. Bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. You're going to cut that, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm not even going to make a joke about it. Nope. Oh, my gosh.
1: I forget what it was last week. I was doing the editing, and you kept making a joke about what I had said. And I'm like, okay, that needs to get edited out now. Because
0: I kept referencing it. Yep.
1: If I do that, just tell me. It's okay. I had no problem.
0: But if I'm doing it, and you're going to have to edit it out, tell me. I'm going to cut that thing so you can stop joking about it. Okay. That's all. This episode... Ah, I'll make a bad sound there so you can (laughs) see where to cut. That'll make it easier to edit.